In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the Betcha Sub Podcast. I'm Sammy Fishbein. And I'm Amanda Duberman. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Betcha Sub Podcast is your bi-weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that's happening in the news explained by your two funniest friends. Which is us. Today we're talking about Harvey Weinstein, Russian election interference, and Bernie's win in Nevada. Let's get into it. Betches Media presents. Like beer, I don't know if you, okay. do you like beer, Senator, or not. Um, Mom, I want a vape. <laughs> Nude pictures of Trump. Come on now. Don't mess with me. The Betches Sup Podcast. How dare you? <sighs> what a day already. Already. But already. a good day. Yes, I would say. Relatively. I feel like great. Literally moments ago. What happened moments ago? So this is the thing that's getting me through the week. Yay! Is that Harvey Weinstein is now officially a convicted rapist. We can take the word alleged out of all address addressations. I was like ready to really cheer because I didn't know what your first line was going to be. But it was Harvey Weinstein's a rapist, which isn't uh, worth cheering about. But I the mean, convicted it's, is. It's worth cheering that justice was served to some extent yes so what are the details so moments ago a jury found harvey weinstein guilty of two out of the five charges that they were considering he was found guilty of a criminal sexual act against miriam haley and of rape in the third degree for jessica mann um, the jury found him not guilty on predatory sexual assault charges that would have carried a life sentence so that's a disappointing yeah. part um, but they're they're basically more complex because they would require that the prosecution prove a longtime history of sexual assault, which while we may be aware of that, it's harder to bring charges where the statute of limitations has not run up um, to bring all of that to be proven um, in court beyond a reasonable doubt. So the one that they acquitted him on was the rape of Annabella Sciara, who um, was an actress that they weren't basically they weren't able to find beyond a reasonable doubt that he had also raped her in order to prove that predatory sexual assault charge. Um, but the so the sentencing hasn't happened um, for these two charges, but the criminal sexual act charge itself, which was the first one um, that he was found guilty of against Miriam Haley, comes with five to 25 years in prison. And the third degree rape charge comes up to four or probation. Um, I mean, so I feel like at least prison. he's getting five. Yes. I mean, when some of the other like, like white men who suddenly are tried for crimes and their health suddenly deteriorates, like people are like, he's going to spend his life in prison just because his life could be shortened. But right. Well, it, I didn't realize that 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 was the reason why these men kind of put on the like, oh, I'm so weak mm, yeah. uh, act before they're about to be sentenced. And it's I think it is actually that judges do take into account age and health when deciding these sentences, obviously within the range that they are forced to decide it within. Yeah. But it, it does help them to look weak right. and, and frail. Even today they were like, so Harvey Weinstein is in jail right now. They cuffed him and dragged him out. Isn't that wild? That's wild. It's amazing. Yeah. So obviously his team was like, um, but his back. What about his back? No. But his eyes. He has bad eyes. Like listing all of the things. Like, But he he showed up every single day. He was here. <laughs> like, it's like you guys are desperate. Right. Like this guy, 
take them away. So basically the charges, um, the stories of these women is that, so Miriam Haley's testimony, which is the criminal sexual act charge, um, basically said that Weinstein had forced oral sex on her in, tw- in 2006 and Jessica Mann, which is the um, third degree rape charge, um, was that he raped her in 2013 um, as part of an abusive relationship. And I, if you remember a few weeks back, the prosecutor, um, or no, sorry, the defense lawyer for Harvey Weinstein kind of uh, was basically trying to make an argument that she was like into this, that this was a relationship um, outside of this instance. Right, right. Trying to make it seem that like, oh, really? She kept in touch with basically the most powerful woman in Hollywood and she was an actress? Like, then there's no way he raped her. Right. It doesn't really make any sense, but they were trying to obviously cloud the definition of like what the consent was there. Um, So Weinstein's now in custody, like you said, um, which is very exciting. There's no bail. He can't get out. Like, this is it. This is it. It's crazy. He's He's there for the foreseeable future. Yeah. So this comes after at the end of last week, because this morning when I was prepping for this podcast, I was like, all right, we're going to catch up on everything that's been happening so far. The end of last week, the jury had basically told the judge we're deadlocked on two of the most serious counts, uh, which we now know are probably the ones that they did not uh, convict him of. And it's funny because the judge just told them, I didn't know this something a judge could do. The judge was just like, keep going. I don't care. <laughs> like, you got it. People, this is hard. Keep trying. Um, right. Or else you can continue to be like sequestered or whatever. Right, right. I, were they sequestered? I think so. Yeah. For Weinstein. But it's also one of those things where it's like, who doesn't already know? Like, it also today makes me like proud to be a New Yorker because like New Yorkers took him down. Yeah. Remember um, when Gigi Hadid was yeah. maybe in the jury pool? And she's also having like a great day because yeah. <laughs> of her epic clapback. But the Jessica Mann thing was interesting because I think she testified for like two and a half days about her relationship. And people were saying at the end of last week that it was noteworthy that the jury had not asked any questions about her testimony. And that seemed like the one that even the prosecutors were most worried about because for for better or for worse, Donna Rotono sort of, this is an effective argument, unfortunately, against um, for people trying to defend serial predators, which is like, but she kept in touch with him. Like, how would you, why would she, why would she ever, in what universe would she text a man that had raped her? And so people were like surprised that the jury was asking questions, but they weren't about those ones. So at the end of last week, the jury was like, we're deadlocked um, on the most serious ones, but all the other ones were like ready to go. And then this morning, I guess I guess they took the judge's advice to just like keep keep trying, or else we got to do this all over. I wish we could have watched it. To I just know, see like what that was like. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, like people said that they knew that it had been. Apparently, when jurors walk in, this, today was the first time I heard this, and I watch a lot of like crime and true crime and Law and Order. Um, jurors, you can tell that they probably chose guilty if they don't look at the defendant. Oh, yeah, because they feel so did, maybe weird about it. They him? didn't look at him. And yeah, that's I mean, when it's, one court reporter was like, I'm pretty sure this is. It's yeah. definitely hard to be on a jury and to find of someone course, guilty, yeah. even if it is someone as seemingly clear cut as Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, yeah, they definitely deliberated for like less than a week. But I mean, this is it has I can't even believe it hasn't even been two years since these allegations came out. And these allegations obviously sort of started the Me Too movement, which Toronto Burke came up with and conceptualized before. But this is like kind of a huge. It's a win. First, yeah, it's something to get us through the week. Exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. it. All it takes is like a, dozens of women re-traumatizing themselves and compromising their mental health for years to topple one evil man. So if we all do it before episode. 2020, maybe we can get the president out. <laughs> yes, I think that honestly, that that's an episode I would love to like have as a bonus episode yeah. talking about like the process of women coming forward. And it's really you have to be willing to submit yourself yeah. to this. It's not a joke. Let us and, know like, if you guys want to hear that. Yeah, I mean. Jessica Mann was completely smeared by the by the defense attorney. 
right in just a disgusting Completely. way years after this that she already probably went through all of this so obviously so grateful to all of those women but it should not have taken anything like this absolutely amanda what is getting you through the week in trump's america um rihanna's getting me through the week it was rihanna's birthday at the end of last week so i was already like she was already on my mind and then on saturday uh the naacp the national association for the advancement of colored people awarded rihanna its prestigious president's award and she gave just like a really incredible acceptance speech rihanna will speak every now and then on political topics she has been really harsh on trump in like a vogue interview she had some amazing quotes but this speech is just like i just she's been in the public imagination for so long and i just like the, this iteration of her is like so amazing and cool to witness. So we'll play the clip. And if there's anything that I've learned is that we can only fix this world together. We, we can't do it divided. I cannot emphasize that enough. We can't let the desensitivity seep in. The if it's your problem, then it's not mine. It's a woman's problem. It's a black people problem. It's a poor people problem. I mean, how many of us in this room have colleagues and partners and friends from other races, sexes, religions? Show of hands. Well, then, you know, they want to break bread with you, right? They like you? Well, then, this is their problem, too. So when we're marching and protesting and posting about the Michael Brown Juniors and the Tatiana Jeffersons of the world, Tell your friends to pull up. She's the greatest. She is the greatest. From, um, the, from the woman who brought you to Serbia. That's true. <laughs> I know. I know. Even, be, even better verse. <laughs> yes. You know, I always stand a celebrity who is willing to get involved in a cause, put themselves out there. So that is really amazing. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Should we move to the main news? Let's do it. Okay, our first story is about Russian election interference in the 2020 election. Um, 
there were reports last week that came out that Russia is back meddling again. Um, but there is a bit of disagreement on who they're helping, why they're helping them, and what information is actually credible out there. The first thing that came out last week was that intelligence officials formally briefed members of Congress that the U.S. election is currently being undermined by Russia. Um, the news was that a high-ranking intelligence official named Shelby Pearson told lawmakers on the House Intelligence Committee, which is Adam Schiff's committee, that Russia is interfering in the 2020 election with the goal of helping Donald Trump get reelected. Um so the New York Times uh, broke this story, and basically in their story, they basically said that Trump is furious because Adam Schiff was in this meeting. Like, yeah, no shit, it's his committee. And the newsletter, at <laughs> least, calls Adam Schiff the H by HBIC of the HIC yeah. <laughs> House Intelligence Community, and it's just really funny because it doesn't. He is. Yeah. Um, so Trump was apparently mostly mad that Adam Schiff would get this information because he's worried that the Democrats weaponizing the, this information against him. I just him. couldn't believe he used such a big word. Like, Weaponized? Yeah, that's big for him, right? I feel like Ivanka taught it to him. For sure, for sure. Ivanka was like, you know, Dad, they could weaponize that. And he was like, that's it? That's it? <laughs> no, this is what I hear her, how I think it went down. You know, they're weaponizing yeah. the video where I'm walking through the mosque against me. And what was that where she was? Where yes, was she? She was yeah. in like a mosque and then just various, various sacred sites being yeah. a fucking robot. And she's right. She's just like walking through. And then later I could be like, Daddy, they're weaponizing my videos against me of me walking in the chic headgear through this holy sacred sites. And what just, are we going to do? I like how that's And the one thing he gets is like weaponize. That's a good one. I'm going to use that. That's exactly what happened. She's she's really insecure now because Hope Hicks is back in. It's apparently Jared's direct Ooh. advisor. And that could. She's oh, pretty. Wow. I mean, she, Hope Hicks is beautiful, um, but anyway. terrible. Um, so Monster. like we discussed last week, Trump was mad, uh, was so mad at this, that this briefing occurred, that he replaced the acting DNI, the director of national intelligence, and replaced him with a loyalist who was formerly the ambassador to Germany and has zero intelligence experience. Um, so yeah. that's that was kind of the the way that played out. This is a guy where it's like Germany's kind of like, oh fuck, it looks like maybe some Nazis are coming back, and he's like, eh, I'll get there. Whatever, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get. He to has it. a community. I keep reading about him. I know you guys talked about him last week, and they, everything I read about him says his name's Richard Grinnell that he has um, a background in strategic communications, and I'm like, is he a bachelor contestant? Yeah, what, <laughs> like, does that mean? what does that even? That's what you say when you don't really have any qualifications. That sounds like he threw together like one influencer campaign right. for like some sort of weight loss he wants. Yes. Strategic communication. I am sure some of you listening absolutely have a background in strategic co communications. Unfortunately, I feel like it's one of those things that's wielded as a like. I'm in communication. People Duh. weaponize you don't the know words what it is. <laughs> communication. Precisely. To precisely. sound very qualified. But now everyone's like, wait, was the, do they actually prefer Trump? What was she talking about? Yeah. So basically, um, there were questions about like whether or not like the extent to which there was agreement on that. Um, and some national security officials have told the media that Pearson actually overstated the U.S. intelligence community's assessment of Russian interference. So here's the here's where the, the gray area comes in. CNN reported that three officials claimed Pearson left out an important nuance. Um, some officials claim that all we know is that Russia is interfering in the 2020 election and it does view Trump as like its favorable candidate, but they don't have specific evidence pointing that Russia is interfering to get Trump elected. Um, one of them told CNN that a more, this is to quote, a more reasonable interpretation of the intelligence is not that they have a pref preference. It's a short, a step short of that. It's more that they understand the president is someone they can work with. He's a deal maker. Um, and they implied that she had sort of been like cornered into saying that Trump, that 
they were helping Trump. Right, right, yeah. And then on Sunday, Trump's national security advisor, this guy named Robert O'Brien, he also basically denied the claims. He was like, I haven't seen anything that says that they have a preference for Trump or that Putin wants to influence the election in his favor. We just don't have it. It's just these are all reports and rumors. But then literally after that second, he says, but did you hear that they're they're also helping Bernie? So he just says, no, we can't. This guy's also, his name's Robert O'Brien, is not supposed to be talking about politics. But instantly, it's like, you can't believe any of this. I haven't seen this report. However, they're definitely helping Bernie. Yeah, so then that led to the Bernie element of the story exploding just the day before he won the Nevada caucus where he was like clearly projected to win um, a lot of the early 75% of the early vote was in and it was clear that he was going to win um, so basically the Trump team is sticking to they're not you don't know that they're interfering but if they are they're helping Bernie so Trump actually called this out at a rally on Friday who goes to a rally on a Friday but I know. Okay. they're trying to start a rumor it's disinformation that's the only thing they're good at that Putin wants to make sure I get elected. Listen to this. So doesn't he want to see who the Democrats going to be? Wouldn't he rather have, let's say, Bernie? Wouldn't he rather have Bernie who honeymooned in Moscow? Honeymoon in Moscow. You're going to be hearing that. Yes. For what is the origin months. of that again? I think he did take oh, his yeah. honeymoon in <laughs> <Okay>. Moscow. <laughs> That's right. I mean, we can Google it to I make sure, Trump's but I'm actually went. sure that yeah. I'm actually pretty sure that's accurate. Yeah. I don't think Robert O'Brien said that the other night, too. Yeah, that is a fact, but it's yeah. not. Um, what does that have to do with it? Right. I mean, right. Or maybe. Yeah. yeah. But the thing about that CNN piece is that these three anonymous officials, TNN telling CNN, you know, there's nothing to see here, came as Trump is reportedly having aides scour his entire administration to snuff out anyone who isn't completely loyal to him. Is that the most terrifying thing? Well, among the most terrifying things that's you've heard? Yeah, it's that's classic authoritarian. Classic. Like, like, this is, like, what, what else is it? Yeah, I feel like this is just like every week is just a new lesson in authoritarianism. So President Trump told his aides that he wants fewer people working for him in total um, because he only wants loyalists working for him. Obviously, the fewer people you have around, the fewer leaks there are. He just are. wants Jared, Ivanka, Hope, and right. Don Jr. Right. Hope but is Don an example. Jr. is like a surrogate, like not around him physically, right. just in yeah. general. Right. Yeah, exactly. He literally is just like... What do you need, Dad? What memes do you need? I'm on it. Yeah, he's like the attack dog. <laughs> right, right. So like they should is... get a sign, like, caution, dog will bite. 100%. So according to Axios, Axios did a lot of the reporting on this, that Trump has basically, Trump has this guy working for him. He's 29 years old. His name's Johnny McEnty. He was a former body man for Trump who John Kelly fired, but has now been invited back to be his head of presidential personnel. Like Hope Hicks, who was, she left on her own, but apparently Trump is just like bringing people back. Because he's run out of people. Well, I was reading this um, this thread by a psychologist who was saying how like malignant narcissists will always try to like burn you twice. Yeah, like they'll like even once you've they've like you've disentangled yourself like initially yeah. like they'll always try to get you back to like repeat the abuse. So I don't yeah. know if that's what's happening. Twenty nine year old Johnny McKenzie. Somebody 29. he is gonna come up on. If you live in D.C. and this gentleman comes up on any of your dating profiles, please send us some. I would love to see what he says. I would love he says to he see does. that. But Watch so, will be married in six months at the Trump International Hotel. And to no <laughs> Yeah. She's not still dating Rob Porter, right? The guy that resigned because he I fucking hope not. beat his wife. Yeah. For her sake, I hope not. But like maybe. Yeah. I Okay. If Think about this as if it's like a college, you know, sorority. It's like yeah. you always have it. You're like, ooh, like I wonder if Rob will be yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> he texted me earlier. Yes. 
like wondering if like when I was going to get here. Do you think that that's because he wants to see me as soon as I'm there? She gets there. She's like, she has like all her makeup. He done. actually is doing all of these like orchestrating all of these leaks so that only old people can come back. But yeah, he's apparently like told all of these cabinet officials like, yep, you see anything weird going on? You tell me. I'll get them out. Um, basically just like, but also has stated that some of these more dramatic ousters probably have to wait until after November because they'd be so objectionable. Just like the Roger Stone pardon. Yes. Trump but has if, specifically. If, yeah. If he doesn't wait on the Roger Stone pardon, oh, right. you know, like things are just, it's done. I love how like the bar is so low that when people asked him like, are you going to pardon him? And Trump was just like, not today. People were like, phew, as long as it's not today. Right. That's the whole attitude towards this whole administration. Like, let's just see what happens later. Right. Right. Like, of course he absolutely is going to. But um, and now he's clearing out people who he doesn't agree with. Straight up clearing out people that are but purging. He's, Trump has told McEntee to purge the bad people from the deep state. The 29 year old kid is going to purge right, the bad people. who used to be a body man. Yeah. Um, OK, so while, but he looks yeah. like you got to see this guy. He looks like the, the douchiest guy you went to college with. I can picture him. Yeah, that's what wearing? he looks like. He's In wearing like a suit. He looks like. Yeah, he's just wearing a suit. He's good looking. He has, you know, like the gelled back hair. Okay. He's got a Rob Porter vibe. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the next the next White House couple we hear about involves him. Maybe like him and Melania. <laughs> that would be really funny. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. So while this is going on and Trump is responding to the question of Russian election interference by purging disloyalists, um, there's also this question of the Russians wanting to help Bernie Sanders that broke literally the day before the Nevada caucus. So basically the news that came out was that intelligence officials have already warned Bernie Sanders about a month ago that Russia was trying to help him in the primaries. Um, Trump and lawmakers on Capitol Hill also were aware of this information for the past month, I believe. The way Sanders responded to the news was that he said, frankly, I don't care, frankly, who Vladimir Putin wants to be president. My message to Putin is clear. Stay out of American elections. And as president, I will make sure that you do. Which is already a shocking difference between the president who has literally stood next to Putin and been like, I don't think he's why would he do anything? He didn't do it. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to say. Yeah. But he did question why the Washington Post chose to wait to release this information until the day before the Nevada caucus. And he was like, yeah, the Washington Post, like good friends. Yeah, it was he really bad. called them out. 
of seeing Russia and other countries interfering in our elections. The intelligence community has been very clear about it. Whether Trump recognizes it or not, or acknowledges it or not, they did interfere in 2016. The intelligence community is telling us they are interfering in this campaign right now, in 2020. And when I say to Mr. Putin, if elected president, trust me, you are not going to be interfering in American elections. Senator, when were you briefed on this? I'm guessing about a month ago. And what, and what are you going to do now that you, now that you know this? Well, we, it was not clear what role they're going to play. We were told that Russia, maybe other countries are going to get involved in this campaign. Uh, and look, here is the message to Russia. Stay out of American elections. And what they are doing, by the way, the ugly thing that they are doing, and I've seen some of their, you know, their tweets and stuff, is they try to divide us up. That's what they did in 2016. And that is the ugliest thing they're doing, is they are trying to cause chaos. They're trying to cause hatred in America. It's an ugly business. And all of us uh, have got to say, sorry, you're not going to do this in this election. So he was really, really mad about that. I mean, I the reason I assumed that it came out now was because there had just been this story about Trump getting rid of the DNI for a new DNI. And that was also in response to Russian election interference. So that's why I assume that it had happened yeah. at that time. And the Post responded like, we report information as we have it. I don't think the Post would have strategically waited. That would be completely unethical. That would be wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also I also think that this shouldn't really be news because it's actually in the Mueller report yeah. that uh, the Russians were trying to help Bernie in the 2016 primary. They had hacked both. The, they had hacked the DNC and what they had basically gotten out of that was trying to show that the DNC didn't want Bernie to be the candidate. And in 2018, when that came out, Bernie said, yep, this is terrible. I denounce all of that. I don't want anybody messing around in my campaign. Yes. So why would Russia want to boost Bernie Sanders in the primary? This was my first question. We were all talking about this a lot on Friday, and, and obviously various theories were coming out. But there's a lot of reasons. But the prime one is to cause chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Because it becomes very unclear when you have. OK, so you have the narrative that they were helping Trump in 2016, and that's pretty much been established. And then you have this strong signs that he's hel they're helping him again in 2020. But it also helps to sort of like sow confusion and promote disinformation if the president can then be like, oh, well, he's helping Bernie. So then it becomes and they really there is a chance that they really might be. Um, I know there's a lot of talk about Bernie's supporters and how rough they are. And uh, honestly, my first reaction was that this was probably something that had been amplified by bots. And he had said that during the debate when he knew what we didn't know yet um, during the debate in Nevada, when he was asked about these supporters and taking responsibility for how they behave. Sometimes he was like, I totally do, but I wouldn't be surprised if some of this is not actually coming from my campaign, but just appears to be. Yeah, I think a, I think it's probably very likely that that is what's happening. I mean, obviously, that's become a big enough issue that it gets asked about. Bernie supporters have become a big enough question and talk throughout the media that they, he gets asked about them during the debate. Mm. So to me, that seems like a very effective scheme by the Russians, if that yeah. is what they're actually trying to do. Like, yeah. this has become elevated of to be kind of like a shortcoming of his campaign enough mm -hmm. that he would be asked about it. Right, right. But like you said, the word is amplify, which is like, I think what is what you've seen, what you saw a lot of like what led Trump to become president. Um, I don't want to compare Bernie supporters to Trump supporters, but when when people behave a certain way online, it sort of gives permission to people that maybe have that instinct or want to behave that way. Like, oh, this is normal. This is fine. So it's possible that like those bots are just like making really aggravating uh, the situ situation and really making it seem like disproportionate to the, the number of like people who that support Bernie Sanders that actually feel that way and behave that way.
Absolutely. And it makes sense that the that the Russians would choose this as sort of the place to do it because A, it's like easy from a resource standpoint for them. Like they don't have to pour as much money into it. They already have these like troll farms and bot farms set up. And you already had the narrative from 2016 that like Bernie bros were like aggressive or whatever. So all they had to do was be like, oh, Bernie bros are aggressive. People don't like that. So they're going to obviously naturally. Uh, naturally want to amplify the thing that is already sort of a problem to make it even more of a divisive issue. Yeah. Um, I also think that they probably know that they want to like hammer home like the socialist thing and uh, further associate uh, Bernie with Russia. That's why they keep talking about like the honeymoon in Moscow. Moscow. They're like, oh, he's a true socialist and he actually supports the Russians. So that way the Russians can actually go for Donald Trump, get everything they want from him, meaning like the weakening of NATO, um, the general weakening of our country internally. They can get everything they want from him while actually not looking like they're supporting him, which is the most successful disinformation campaign that one could dream of. Right. Everything they do to sow discord is sort of like proof to them that democracy doesn't work. When they throw everything we have into chaos, they're like, great, see, we told you, you don't want what they have. And then also, and this is something you and I think about a lot, is, you know, election day, it makes the results untrustworthy if there's been meddling and denials of meddling for a year now. I mean, the notion of election interference would make it much easier for someone to contest the outcome of the election um, or American elections as a whole. It's just sort of like all of this just like demolishes public confidence in the key institutions that that we normally rely upon. And when we say like, you can totally imagine a scenario on election day where Trump is like, well, remember when they said the Russians were helping Bernie? I'm not going to accept this. Right. And it's also like R- Russia itself is not a strong enough country economically, militarily, really in any way to defeat the United States, to be a higher power than the United States. So basically what their strategy was is destroy yourselves from the inside. Basically, like America should essentially like, you know, they want to sow so much division within America that it naturally weakens itself, that capitalizes on all the ways in which we were weak, like severe income inequality, the fact that voting is not like really that safe in America, the fact that maybe sometimes when America extols its values abroad and tries to interfere in being interventionist in, let's say, the Middle East, it makes us look hypocritical. So they're basically picking all these things that are already problems and then just exploiting them. Totally. And I was I was watching somebody on CNN said over the weekend that like, when they meddle with the left and they meddle with the right, who they hurt is the center. You, 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 basically, you basically hollow out the center because you're pushing people. Things get so dramatic and so polarized and like you have to take a stance on things because they're so insane that you just completely hollow out like the rational center because nobody trusts each other anymore. Yeah, and it makes perfect sense that they would pick Bernie, who's someone who's like, it's not like he's even like the most extreme Democrat. Like people question whether he actually even identifies as a Democrat. That's already something that is being discussed. And I'm sure that they amplify that question as much as they possibly can. They, it's, it's clear why they're not picking like Warren or anything. And they've already done their number on Bernie, let's be honest. Oh, no, sorry, on Biden. Yeah. So it's like they're basically trying to anytime a candidate gets strong, it's not it's not only the other Democratic candidates that are then on the attack from that person. They're also trying to the Russians are trying to basically work their way on whoever the potential nominee would be. Yeah, I remember in the Mueller investigation, like I think Will Hurd, who's a Republican, asked and he was the one he sort of seems like a sane Republican. He was the disappointment. Yeah. So for that reason, he is usually a disappointment. He he asked Mueller, like, 
you know, are you guys going to be more in touch with the candidates who are being affected by this? And Mueller was like, yeah, sure. But like the most important thing is that all of the intelligence communities are communicating with each other. And you know who's responsible for making sure that happens? The DNI, the, the, who now the German is the German ambassador. ambassador. <laughs> He's also still going to have that job. Right. Well, he actually, I think, can only be in that job until like May or April, it's like March or April. The acting one or the, the acting one has, uh, a, has okay. a limited amount of time that he can be in that position. But I thought but it was like 200 days. But then I think the reaction Trump was like, Trump was going to name Doug Collins and then Doug Collins was like, I don't want it. (laughs) Right, 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 right. That, why wouldn't he want it? Um, I think he might be running for Senate. Okay. And also because, I mean, I wonder if he was just like, yeah, I can't defend that shit. (laughs) Like I can sit on the judiciary and and counter and all of that. But when I'm actually, it's another thing to willfully ignore intelligence that comprises national security, which is what he would be asked to do. He probably doesn't want to have to be uh, blamed if he does what he's supposed to do, like brief yeah. Congress right. on dangerous intelligence about our election interference. He probably doesn't want to have to make that decision. Right. So there's like I literally understand. nobody right now who's like in a position that can actually do anything to stop all of this from happening. There's nobody in no. the Senate is bothering. Nope. There's Which no is one. exactly what the fucking Russians want. So that when this happens in November, we can all be like, well, is that really who won? Yeah, I mean, it's really, it's very dangerous because you also have now people, this like sort of conventional wisdom that Bernie will, Bernie is too left and he'll depress turnout from the moderates and that they will harm the down ballot races, meaning the Senate and the House, which are really, we need even more than the presidency. We really need to have yeah. the Senate and the House in some ways. So it's kind of, and Bernie will never get Medicare for all done if we don't have the Senate. So right, it's really just, the Russians have, Look, you got us. Can we move on now? Right, right. That's like, right. That's why when this broke, I was kind of like, I don't want to pay that much attention to this. Like, because that's how was it what it's designed for. And I, I thought his response was adequate. Um, I didn't feel frosty at him for not bringing it up earlier because what would he have said? Yeah, no, I would. He was I like, would I didn't want to freak people out. Like, what do you mean? Right. It's And I think that, I mean, I'm not sure if it was, a, I think it was a classified briefing that he got right. probably. So yeah, it was understandable. like a couple other lawmakers. So I don't even know who. I don't fault him, him for but. that at all. And also it didn't hurt him in Nevada, did it? No, but it did break like mo- right before and most of the voting was already in in Nevada. But right. that is a good segue till the election section. On Saturday, Bernie Sanders scored a massive victory in the Nevada caucuses. So Bernie Sanders came in first place with uh, 46.8% of the vote, followed by Joe Biden in a far second with 20.4%. 13.9% went to Pete Buttigieg, Elizabeth Warren with 9.8%, Tom Steyer 4.6%, Amy Klobuchar 4.2%. Tom Steyer has said that if he does not win or come in the top three in South Carolina, he's going to suspend his campaign. I think in a lot of polls, he still is number three because he's paying so much money. Great. Uh, I don't think Bloomberg was on the ballot there. He wasn't. Yeah. Nevada, this was a big race and um, because Nevada is actually less than 49% white, whereas some of these other states that have already gone were primarily white. A lot of Latino voters in there who overwhelmingly broke for Bernie Sanders. I mean, 46.8 and then Joe Biden is at 20.4%. Bernie Sanders got more than twice as many votes as uh, Joe Biden. Number two. Number two. That's crazy. I mean, I hear Joe Biden's kind of hanging his hat on South Carolina and he's expecting a large endorsement from Jim Clyburn, which is oh. a good endorsement um, the next day. So he, that's really what he's hoping for. Um, there's also a debate tomorrow night. So anything debate. can happen. Yeah. And I mean, you heard I heard like Joe Biden got second. Like, cool, that's what he needed. But a very distant second. I mean, numbers like this are like. 
for somebody to win Iowa, New Hampshire, and Nevada. Yeah, you can't say this he doesn't be have... wrapped up soon if if it goes. If you it know what's going? It's way. frustrating that this is going to be wrapped up soon, and our primary is until April twenty. I know. It really I know. Makes me feel like what I care, what I vote for matters. Right. Does it not? Like right, and it sucks because it definitely will. I mean, it doesn't suck to have a front run or whatever. This is how it happens. But like, it's definitely going to suppress turnout in those later races, I would guess. If other I mean, I think, I think it depends how Super Tuesday goes because there's so many votes at stake. And there is a, it is possible that things can change. Like, totally. who knows what will happen at the debate on Tuesday? Who knows what will then be the result, the, you know, the momentum that comes out of that? Um, maybe you'll get a candidate that drops. It's possible. Um, my bet, if it were anyone, would be it would be Amy Klobuchar. But I don't think I don't foresee that for her um but you don't know what's really going to happen between now and then and what will happen on Super Tuesday um I think the biggest thing is California is that if Bernie wins California his delegate count will be a, just too difficult to which overcome. is on Super Tuesday right which is, which on is a, Super Tuesday. a week from tomorrow so get ready yeah and the South Carolina primary tomorrow's the debate get the your primaries on Saturday ready. yeah um, um but yeah. Well, speaking of that in a national poll so like you said, there's another debate. After Warren's performance in last week's debate, she is now second to Sanders in this big national poll. Again, a distant second. Um, Sanders is at 28%, Warren 19%, Biden at 17%, Bloomberg at 13%, um, Mayor Pete at 10%, and Klobuchar at 5% nationally. So the debate surge is still real. Right. I think the reason you didn't really see that reflected in Nevada is that they had early voting and 75% of the votes were in before that debate happened. Um, but I did read that there that Elizabeth Warren did have like substantial increases after for people who were voting after the debate. But again, you still don't get the story. Yeah. Just because of I, right. that. I read a few caucuses are the type of thing where I think you can actually sort of like talk to people while they're in there about their reasoning. And they had talked to Reporters were saying they had talked to more people than they expected who said that they decided last minute to break for Warren. Um, I, yeah, I, I definitely saw a lot of stories about that. But the main story is that Sanders is the front runner. Yeah. Um, Pete had a very negative reaction to him winning. He threw a tantrum. He threw a tantrum. He basically made a Trump ad. Yeah. yeah. So he questioned the results citing irregularities. Um, with how the Nevada State Democratic Party incorporated early voting data. And he calls on the party to release the data. But so far, they have said no. And this just now looks like he's right. And was like, why would you? Are you sure you want a socialist? We don't need this right now. But he was not the only one who had a terrible reaction. Yes. And we had a reaction. We had an even worse reaction from none other than our friend Chris Matthews on MSNBC, um, who was under fire after comparing Bernie Sanders' win to the Nazi invasion of France in 1940. I see how those two things can be confused. Yeah. No. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Should we listen to it? Should we compare the death tolls? Sure. <laughs> we'll do that while you guys listen. Yeah. It is pretty much over unless that changes. I was reading last night, Brian, I know you're a history guy too. I'm reading last night about the fall of France in the summer of 1940. And the general, Renault, calls up Churchill and says, it's over. And Charles said, how can it be? you got the greatest army in Europe. How can it be over? He said, it's over. So I had that suppressed feeling. I can't be as wild as Carville, but he is damn smart. And I think he's damn right on this one. Joy. Uh, okay. Ugh. Not I a great. Not at all. I see. No, I don't even see what he was. I do see what he was saying. He was saying, like, it's like basically he got the nomination, like, yeah, through right. that act. And he was implying that Hitler got yeah. France through that act right. like bad yeah. comparison really bad people are calling on him to resign i mean he He's has said bad. many bad things 
I can't name and them his, all. And getting Eric Swalwell blamed for his farting yes. is among uh, them. We, yeah, that is his biggest offense for us. This is a Swalwell house. <laughs> but that was bad. I mean, I, as I say repeatedly, I do not watch MSNBC. Sometimes I pretend it's a virtue thing. Most of the time it's because I just don't buy it. But um, people have been pretty upset with how they have been handling Bernie Sanders surge. They are not. Are they melting there down? There is not. They're okay. It's not. I would hardly call it melting down, as I do see a lot of people calling. Right. Their it's like reaction. they do something slightly foxy, and it's like, it's, oh my god. It's honestly not even. It's more just like sort of this latent bias that you can see they don't want to like acknowledge that Sanders like Sanders win. Like they're not into it. They don't feel excited about it. Um, but I think that if you've been watching them and I, I do watch them, that is they're all in for like a more moderate vision. They are mm-hmm. fully um, I would say they're like less in, uh, complicit in erasing Elizabeth Warren. But I would say it's more like individual anchors that are that are willing to really talk about her rather than like the channel at large. Yeah. Um, but they are in for the moderate like Joe and Mika are Biden people. Um, they're Joe they probably would take right. He, I just still identify as a Republican. I okay. I would say he probably holds like what you would you were raised to think Republican views are right, right. Um, but he's like definitely not. When you could be a good Republican. That's why I said last week that I don't think there will really be a Republican Party post Trump, and that the new like Republicans will be like the moderate Democrats, the Bloombergs of the world, the Never Trumpers, and then you're gonna have the Progressive Party. Bernie Sanders tweeted over the weekend, which also got some controversy. He tweeted like, I'm not just standing up to the Republican establishment, I'm standing up to the Democratic establishment. He said like, nothing can stop us, not the Republican establishment, not the Democrat establishment, not the Democratic, I don't wanna accuse him of saying in the (laughs) The Democratic stuff, right. Yeah. Um, Because he is not a registered Democrat. Bernie Sanders is an independent. Right. Here's the thing. He's been caucusing with the Democrats for like decades. So to me, I'm like, who? Right. You are. That's the thing. But it's like, okay, if you don't want to be the Democratic establishment, then don't run as the Democrat in the Democratic Party. Right. I'm not saying I'm not really suggesting that. I'm just saying I'm just saying that it it comes across as like a little combative. Um. Rather than yeah. like, I am going to uni- unify the Democratic Party and you're all welcome here and you can all have my health care. Right. Yeah. So totally. That that to me seems like a better, more attractive argument. Right. But that's not what's happening. And yeah. And, and again, this is probably why the Russians would promote Bernie is because it's so controversial amongst liberals at large that he would be the nominee. Right. And it makes sense. Like if I were them, that's what I'd do. Totally. Yeah. So makes sense. We'll keep you posted. Yeah. Again, South Carolina primary is Saturday. Another debate tomorrow. I love that these are on a Saturday. Me too. Especially the caucuses. It's like, well, they had early voting and you could go on a Saturday. And it's like, really, Iowa, you made people go on a Monday night or a Tuesday night. They're terrible. Completely inflexible. And seems like app, we had results. They're 80. Yeah, we had results night of. Right. right. It was amazing. You know, I'm glad we're not talking about how there was a complete meltdown yes. in the results of the Nevada caucus. Right. I'm taking that. For, I took that for granted up until just now. I know. Okay, let's go to one more thing. Okay. So AOC was on The View last week, which was cool. She had like some fun little tiffs with um, with Megan McCain. She sort of, uh, Whoopi Goldberg kind of confronted her about like being mean to older Democrats. And they had like kind of a, it was kind of a boring exchange. She was kind of like, well, you know. Everyone matters. I want to bring everyone. It was like kind of like 
everybody wow. loved each other. Yeah, it wasn't that that uh, activating. That is the view. Afterwards, the New York Post focused a story. Um, the NY Post focused on a critical tweet that read, "Don't you love it when an avowed socialist wears a five hundred eighty dollar dress?" From Ricky Freeman. I mean, who doesn't need a sequin leopard dress to be an effective congresswoman? So that got picked up and was then the story. You could never win as a woman. Right, right. And then uh, Ocasio-Cortez responded to the article with her own tweet. She said, yep, I rent, borrow, and thrift my clothes. It's environmentally sustainable. The post is just mad that you can look good fighting for working families. Sequins are a great accessory to universal health care. Don't you agree? So she was just like, I rented it, bitch. Like, everybody does rent their rent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so like... Is this a double standard for progressives in Congress? I don't think it's a double standard for progressive women. I think it's just a double standard. It's a double standard for women. It's sort of like in the Taylor Swift documentary, not yes. to bring it back to that, but to bring it back to that. She was like, yeah, I want to be able to like be feminine, but also like express my political beliefs. So there's like that trope again. Right. Um, and also, what is this like? You, if you're a socialist, you have to live in like a vow. You have to take a vow of poverty. Like what is going on? Like, so, first of all, socialism in the context that they want it is really just like a stronger support for like federal programs so that there's a stronger social safety net, which includes healthcare, education, a like, lot of things we already have. Social security. Yeah. Social Medicare, Medicare, Medicaid, helping people with disabilities, making society just like generally a more pleasant and equitable place for people to survive. Right. In so making they don't have so, to right. start a GoFundMe for fucking insulin. Like right. nobody asks to be born. That's what I always think about. It's I like, all the time. I didn't ask for this. Why do I have to pay for all this? Right. Exactly. <laughs> Like, like I have things in my life now that I asked for and I want, but it's like you just threw me on this fucking planet and I don't have anything. Right. <laughs> like, and you're not even going to give me health care. I have a responsibility. What are you talking about? I need health care. I was thinking over the weekend, like living in a fantasy scenario, like if you could just go to the doctor and not have to like think about I was actually thinking about it for my dog because Morty doesn't have pet insurance. But I was thinking that like so he ate a paper towel on Friday and I was like, what if I could just go to the vet and it would be fine what if you didn't feel stuck in a terrible job because you couldn't lose your health care well you know what's what's interesting is that right and then maybe companies would be more productive because you wouldn't have all these like unproductive people staying who hate their jobs right right so that you can like it's like all the shade like now in like northern europe all those people are like you know you can live the american dream best right here i mean i'd go i'd go totally. in a second it's funny you say that because i'm seeing a lot um as you know i try to avoid but also slightly pay attention to the coronavirus stories there's also you see a lot of people commenting that like there's a there's a chance that it would spread more because people who are uninsured are unwilling to go get care mm. and to get checked out so that because in america it's so like hard to just generally get care and you don't want to take the risk that that would potentially contribute to the spread of it that's really interesting and fucked up yeah totally. didn't even think of i was that. also reading that men right men right women. now are more likely to die of it than women because women are apparently more likely to go to the doctor when they're sick oh i thought you were just gonna say women are stronger um <laughs> oh, they are that's also part of it you're right i'm glad you said that women generally have stronger immune responses because we don't make as like we don't drink because smoke we deal as much. with so much shit yeah we're just stronger and right. we don't have to we don't drink and smoke as much because we got shit to do <laughs> Right. But this this also you leave us with all the housework, right. all the child care, and now we're expected to have jobs and look hot, but not too hot and don't spend too much on it. Right. My hands are fucking clean because I have to wash all the dishes all the time. <laughs> no okay. wonder. 
But this reminds me of when they lost their mind when she got that expensive haircut. And Bloomberg's debate last week was horrible, but I thought the most effective line, even though I don't believe that it should have been effective, is when he called out Bernie for having three houses. Oh, yes. That was, I was going to say that is also a similar thing. That's yeah. what I was saying. It's like socialism is not what people think. It's not like, oh, we all live in North Korea and we're right. like eating dirt. Like, right. because it's socialist or communist. Right. Like, it's, that's not what it is. They're, she, they're just advocating for more social, a stronger social safety net so that everyone will be better off right so that you're not punished for existing yes and also like it having this much income inequality historically leads to revolutions right do you guys want to have one of those this is what andrew yang has been trying to say yeah and he's like yeah the more people who are unemployed who don't have who have time on their hands and they have guns because you can get one anywhere yeah that would lead to a revolution people are desperate you can't leave people so desperate and expect that like you're just gonna that everyone is just gonna be able to carry on and be fine but i'm feeling like i i do feel really heartened that i feel like what i'm seeing from from bernie's surge is like real obama 08 vibes in a way that makes me feel encouraged like maybe he can actually bring a movement i mean when he tweets those things like democrats freak out and they're like oh my god you can't say that about the democrats you have to unite us but it's like i do wonder how many trump voters he can get with that that's what people don't like about him is that they're they're is parts of his temperament that people don't like he should smile more right yeah how's that feel yeah whereas when trump smiles i feel really weird i don't like when he smiles it's only when he's with like Sergey Lavrov in the Oval Office. It's like the only time he's ever smiled. <laughs> right. Or totally. Ivanka. Or now Hope Hicks. Right. She back. She back. As Jared's I want to see more one of gal. her. Yeah. I'm sure we will Not be. just because I want tips on her contour. Right. Um, <laughs> all right. That has been our show. Sign up for the email uh, at betches.co slash sub sign up. It is a if you miss having this podcast every day, which I know some of you do because I've read the reviews. Yeah. Um, that is a way to get the news from us every day. So you don't have to take a break. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, please, if you like this podcast, rate, re- rate, review, and subscribe. It really means a lot to us. It helps us move up in the rankings. It helps us get better guests. And, and we have some exciting new things coming for this podcast that you'll be hearing about next week. So stay tuned. Yes. We are getting getting our, getting our some new initiatives off the ground for 2020. Um, and some new people. And new people. Yes. So until the end of democracy. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Fishbein. And this has been the Betches Sup Podcast. The Betches Sup Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. The Sup is created by Sammy Fishbein. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to Sup at Betches.com. Batches.